podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. They could break here, Chelsea. This could be the moment. Frank Lampard for Chelsea. It's Carvalho to his right. Lampard for the title. Lampard, it's 2-0. It's Chelsea's championship. And 50 years of waiting have come to an end. Lampard comes out to Essien. Oh my goodness. It's a counter-attack. Here's Didier Drogba. And now Kedair in the middle. Drogba goes. What's up, everybody? My name is Daniel Soft. I am your host today. I'm joined by my co-host, Babs. What are you saying, Babs? I'm not too bad, man, but hey, man, you know, like... I know, I know, you, I know the, the listeners can't see me right now, but if you feel the if you feel the cloth on my body right now, this is this is champions material. That's how I'm feeling today. Champions material. That's how I'm feeling. You know what it is. If you want to get our, our thoughts just after our reaction, the emotion, you got to head to the Patreon. We did it. I think we did it the, the day after, or was it on the day, Babs? It was the day after. Day, day after those copy pieces, yeah. But I remember I being gassed, and I remember saying some shit that. <laughs> It was my gas state of mind that was saying it. Um, but yeah, you can catch that on the Patreon. Um, obviously, join the Discord if you're not already in the Discord. The community is growing, it's always thriving. Um, so you want to talk about you want to um, hear about Champions League stuff, go to the um, Patreon. I think I'm all Champions League reviewed and analysis out. I'm done. Do you know what I'm saying? I've watched it about two times. How many times have you watched it, Babs? Hey, if I, if I speak, I'll be in big trouble. <laughs> I've probably right. watched the, the game like three times. I've been watching the behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. It will never get boring. It'll I get, get boring. I get. You can't get enough, but I, there's so many places where you can get the reviews and, and mm. where were you and, and the story. I, st- I still feel like we, we should talk about it lightly for the listeners. Give, give them a little snippet. I I don't know what 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 more is there to say. <laughs> yeah yeah. If you want to hear any more, I guess you got to head to the Patreon. Yeah, yeah. So but what I want to talk about today, because obviously it's going to be what we're going to be talking about today, part of it as well. But I think where my head is at, and I think where a lot of Chelsea fans' heads is at, is what's next? Like, cool, we're back in business. A big trophy. Do you know what I'm saying? A big trophy. But the problem is, 
when we was doing all of this history repeats itself and was doing this 2012-2021 and no one was believing us all our rival fans was mocking us saying they're, they're take, uh, all of this coincidence stuff um, they go, basically they thought we was going to lose and um, it would be more like 2008 than it was 2012 but I think now everybody sees like these coincidences not, not coincidences sorry these patterns happen um, everything that was happening in 2012 we kept on seeing it more and more stuff started to come up it's happening in tw um, 2021 too so we know that history can repeat itself but that can be positive and it can be negative so I thought what a good a good way to do this pod is to talk about what's next and then also reflect if there's been any patterns in the past and if there's anything we can learn from it but we're, we're just going to be talking about basically what a lot of Chelsea fans are talking about anyway so I want to start first and foremost um, from the fact that We've won the Champions League um, again since 2012. And this time around, we had a lot of academy players getting medals. Last time around, there were academy players there. I think it was the Boga, RLC. Not Boga wasn't there, but you know the RLC Christiansen and Chalaba. Yeah, those guys were in the academy that time, yeah. They were there, and I think they were celebrating, but they didn't get a medal. So that my whole kind of question now, or what I want to talk about is, it does seem like, and we don't have confirmation on this, but it kind of seems like our academy might be broken up next season in terms of having a big batch of academy players there. Um, so how do you about that? How do you feel about that? If you think about it, um, it was Mount, Tammy, Hudson, Tomori, Christensen too, Reese James. Next season, it looks like it might just be Reese James, Christensen. Mouth, and I kind of want to know because we all like the whole Lampard season was all about betting in these youngsters for the future, etc. etc. They've won a Champions League, they've got medals, but it does seem like there might be a little bit of a half an exodus. So, how does that make you feel as a Chelsea fan? Perhaps I don't, I'm, I'm all for it, man. I'm all for yeah. it. I'm all for it, man. Let, let them go get their minutes, you know. If they can't be promised them here, they've got to go play, you know. I, I do feel like, and I've, and I've expressed it before, but us as football fans, we seem to be quite selfish in the fact that we, we want all these marquee signings mm. in certain positions whereby you have academy players that could probably do a job there. Mm -hmm. Well, you, you can't exactly complain that these guys are wanting to leave if you're not going to give them a, a smooth pathway, you know. But, you know, there's a lot of conversation that people say, oh, you know, the, the cream was quite rises to the top. I don't agree with that. You know, a lot of people also say that, you know, competition is good. And I do agree that to an extent, because if you think about it like this, right? Okay, let's let's look at like, uh, 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 sorry, an Hakimi. We have Lirimento there. And, you know, if you have an Hakimi, a right wing back, you know, you've really got um, Rhys James there as well. Mm -hmm. You've really got Cho, who Tuchel like, seems to like there. So it does put him quite low down the pecking order. Mm -hmm. And yeah, he's still a young player, but I mean, you, you only have to watch for a couple of games to see that he has the quality to play first-team football. And, I mean, you, you only have to look at um, AC Milan being in, um, interested in him on a permanent deal. You know, you look at Hudson Odoi as well. Like, is is his performances and numbers speak for themselves? Like, he's still young. He's still obviously got a bit of inconsistencies to work on, but you can't really work at any inconsistencies if you don't have consistent game time. So, mm -hmm. for him to get that, he may just have to leave. Um, other than that, I'm not sure who else I've missed, but so have I missed anybody? So out of all of the youngsters, who who don't you mind leaving? Because I'm sure that there's going to be some you want to keep. Oh like, yeah, I, I would like. There's not a single one of them that that I'd I'd, I'd be happy to, to to let them go. But it'll burn me, but I'll be happy for them. 
Okay, but so which ones do we have to keep? That's what I'm kind of asking. Do we have to keep? Like, for, yeah. if, if you're asking me as an analyst, if I'm looking 10 years in the future, these guys are going to be like world-class players. You've got to keep Livermento. For me, personally, that's, that's number about, one. I'm just talking about for next season, I'm not talking next about next season. Yeah. Is this per, is this permanent or, or, or what? No, I'm just saying for the squad next season. Because what I'm oh, saying is, as, season, as, okay. as, yeah, as Chelsea fans, we ha- um, we've been almost spoiled in having six or seven academy players as part of the squad. Yeah. Not just on the bench, not just Carlin Cup, actually starting Premier League games. Yeah. So it looks Honestly, like that's going to be broken up. Um, if that's if that's the question, I don't think there's really any of them that I'm that I'd. Um, I'm happy to go a season without. So I'm talking about Mount. Mount counts. Mount Mount doesn't count, does he? Yeah, because he's okay. Yeah, Mount's got to stay. Mount's got to stay. Mount's got to stay. Mount's got to stay. Christensen, he's got to stay as well. And then other than that, I'm not too impressed. Reese James. Reese James. Yeah, I'm forgetting. Reese James got to stay as well. Yeah. Those those are the main three. So, but for everybody else, you don't mind going, whether it's loan or selling. We're talking about RLC too. Whoa, you see, you've done it again, Daddy. I've asked you, like, do you mean on a permanent or is this a No, I'm talking about just for next season. I'm talking about just for next season. So I haven't changed. Yeah, but if you tell me, like, Cho's leaving alone next season or he's leaving permanently, you're going to get two very different reactions from me. But all I'm saying is, I don't, okay, give me both reactions. But all I'm saying is, must we keep in the squad next season? And who don't you mind going out alone or leaving? Mm, I don't mind Loftus leaving on a permanent. I think it's for his benefit as mm-hmm. well to go to go continue to get consistent games. Yeah. Um, I don't mind Troy on alone, but I know what alone means. Alone, especially for a player of his talent. If he mm-hmm. goes on loan and he loves the club club that he's at, he's going to leave on a permanent, and mm-hmm. I, I can't really hold it against him. Okay, what about Livermento? Because you mentioned Livermento, we've been linked yeah. to Dharma and Hakimi. Um, yeah. What's your thoughts about Livermento? I think Livermento is he eighteen. Yeah, he's eighteen. Is yeah, that old I, enough? Is that old enough to start for you? Yeah, especially when you look at his physical profile. Yeah, not just his physical profile, his tactical awareness, his mm-hmm. ability to play in multiple positions. You'd be kind of crazy not to want to have him in and around the squad because you, know, you can play left wing, right wing, left wing back, right wing back. You put him there, and he's going to do it to a high degree. He's not just—he's not just a, a utility player by by name. He's—he's he's literally. Top quality. Like I, I generally think that if you put him, if you put him in, you, you won't you won't see a drop off in quality when, when, when we play him. So for you, we we must keep Livermento. And in terms of buying players over him, it's a no no. It's a, it's a no no for me. I'm sorry. Like, I know people love Hakimi, and I do and I do agree that Hakimi could bring instant an instant upgrade in comparison to Livermento. But in the long term and what it could do for me, I, there's there's not like. He, he, like, when you look at Academy Jewels, I think he's the one. Like, <laughs> if, if Chelsea fans want to get rid of him this early on, he'd, he'd be crazy to, to want to do that. Okay. Um, all right. So, in terms of that, I, I agree with you. I think for most Chelsea fans, we know that probably Christensen, Reese James and um, Mount, they're the most established. It's going to be sad to see Tammy leave, but that looks like it's definitely going to happen. Hudson Odoi probably needs starts, so that makes sense. Loftus Cheek probably still needs starts, so that makes sense. Um, I don't know who I've missed, but obviously Tomori's already gone. But yeah, it's going to be sad. I yeah, think. Gilmore, I mean, Gilmore, I guess. The Gilmore's one. an interesting one. Yeah, he probably needs, interesting one. He probably needs, he needs starts. One. He needs starts too. Um, yeah, so it's interesting. I think when it comes down to it, 
um, I'd rather them play than not play. Do you know what I'm saying? Um, if it comes down to it, I'd rather them play than not play. But going back to the past just quickly, um, it, reminds, it reminds me of Ancelotti, um, that season when we had Sturridge, Barini, Kakuta, McEachern, Matic and Bruma. Because um, they were part of the squad, even though they didn't play as much. Um, and then obviously none of these players really made it at Chelsea. But was, is there any of, of those names, Sturridge, Barini, Kakuta, McEachern, Matic, Bruma? Is there any of them where you think like actually we should have kept them and we should, or maybe we should have started them? From from a, a revisionist standpoint, yeah, yeah, but because from the, obviously obviously because of like the age I'm at, the only player I really appreciate at the time was Sturridge. Like that mm. that was like one of my favorite players coming up. Well, not coming up for Chelsea because we got him off City, but literally seeing him in and around the squad, he was one of my favorites. And even looking back, um, Kakuta was an interesting one because obviously he had the the double and ankle fracture, so. I yeah. feel like his his like demise was like unfortunate, and the fact that he he was li- he was literally seen as like one of like the, the star boys before the star boys were even like a, a thing, you know. Mm-hmm. So he's, he's kind of a hard one. Um, Matic, you know, he, uh, he was quite highly rated, you know, from what I've read around yeah. the time. Yeah. So I guess yeah, selling him and then buying him back for such a, such a high amount, yeah, it does look pretty bad. But w- when you sell him on for a profit to United, it's a bit more digestible, but. You, so, you probably could have got a lot more value playing him eventually. So, so do you think there's maybe parallels between Kakuta and Hudson-Odoi in terms of the injuries that may have changed their games? Mm, yeah, no. But yeah, no, in the fact that following on from the injury for Cho, you know, there's been reports that he's, in struggle, that he's had to look, relearn how to, um, yeah. how to run, how to dribble. Yeah. So that's, that's an interesting parallel. But I feel like with a double ankle fracture, I feel like that's just like a... That's like a horror injury. Not to say that um the Achilles wasn't, but mm-hmm. like fracturing both your ankles, that's that's like literally unheard of. All right. And then um the Conte generation, Chalabar, Christensen, Boga, ROC. Um, obviously Boga went out on loan. Christensen is back. Yeah. Chalabar didn't work out. Is there any of these guys that you think actually that obviously Christensen's still here, but Chalabar, Boga, and obviously ROC's on loan. Yeah. If, if I'm to compare those guys here, the, the ROC one for me is the most interesting one because, yeah, he was there under Conte, but he kind of, he got his debut under Jose, if, if mm-hmm. I'm not, like, mistaken. I remember that, was it the Aston Villa game? Yeah. I feel, like he got, I feel like he got a goal there as well. Like, he he was a player that I, I was a big fan of. And I don't know, if I'm to be revisionist in the way I look back, I would have really wished for him to have left on loan even before Jose, you know? Yeah, family because like yeah, he, he had a lot of talent. Um, Boga, Boga, sim, Boga is a Boga is a weird one because he he's kind of like a, a victim of like unfortunate circumstances. The fact that Cahill got sent off, and obviously being a young academy a winger, you had to come off, you know. Yeah. And he's and he's only gone to go on to strength, strength for strength, you know, as he's gone away. You know, he hasn't really had the best seasons this season, but you know, like he, overall he's been quite promising over at Sassuolo. You know, there's been a lot of links to. Um, Leicester even, which is positive yeah. to see. So yeah, that, that that one's unfortunate in the fact that he was quite highly rated. But for me, I, I, the only person I could really say was like, yeah, that's that's unfortunate. It's like RLC. What's I feel what, like he was he would have you'd have been like top top quality. What's interesting is obviously Conte got rid of a lot of these players like Chalabar, yeah. um, RLC, 
Unless I'm mistaken, didn't didn't Chalaburton play a couple a couple games under Conte? He he did, but then Ch- I think Chalaburton yeah. realised that he wasn't going to get in many games, and that's when he went yeah. to Napoli with Sarri. Yeah, like, yeah, that this assist, which was like was was ridiculous. It was really good. It was really good. Yeah. Conte wanted more experience, so that's why yeah. that's why he wanted Barkley, Ox, Drinkwater. Yeah. Um, so so I guess that's something for us to what like if we are selling these players. And they were bringing in, don't forget, they're going to have to be homegrown. But I think we've got enough um, English players anyway. But yeah. if, if we get rid of these players and then we bring in these older homegrown um, players, it's probably not the way to go. But um, yeah, so the next thing I want to talk about is obviously Declan Rice seems to be a name on... Um, yeah, Declan Rice seems to be a name on Chelsea fans' lips. And... I, it seems like a lot of Chelsea fans under Lampard wanted him, which makes sense because Lampard wanted him himself. And now I'm hearing more and more that Tuchel is desperate for Rice too. I don't know how much I believe it, but do you really think we need um, Declan Rice? And obviously he played in the England international. Mm. The, the interesting thing here, with the interest is that it's always reported that managers ask players often like what they think of a player, you know, who did, who did, how they'd fit around the squad. And I feel like that's that's probably where the link comes with Declan Rice, mm-hmm. in the fact that you know a lot of the academy boys are like probably friends are friends of him from the time he was here. So obviously, if you were to recommend a player, I wouldn't be surprised if that was like the one of the first players they mentioned. Um, in terms of so the, the the question, do I feel like we need him? Yeah, do we like because a lot of people are saying that we need um, him, or maybe to take us to the next level. Yeah, to, to to be frankly honest, like we, we, we generally don't need anybody unless it's like a world class player and, and he's the furthest thing from it. Like mm-hmm. what we need is a goal scorer, you know. We're not a team that are leaking goals, you know, even on the Lampard, like in this in the first half of this season, we weren't leaking like it was bad, but we weren't leaking goals. That was just that was just structurally from, from the way he set us up. It wasn't because of like our, our midfield was lacking or our defense was lacking, and we and we needed a potential DM to go play centre back. It, it, it was it was structural, and our, our problem this season, you know, last season, the season before that, have been goals. And if you want to fix that kind of problem, you, you don't get a guy that doesn't really contribute to chance creation and goals in general. I've heard people saying that number one, we need a vocal leader on the pitch, which is why they want Declan Rice, and number two. They want a more physical DM and also central midfielders that can shoot and that can also... Yeah, I, I, I can get that. I can get that, yeah, but if you want a central midfielder that can shoot, I'm, I'm, I don't know why you're looking at rest. Hmm. And what? even if you want a leader, like, we have plenty of leaders within our, within our range. You've got Thiago Silva there. I'm sorry to say, but you probably can't name three better leaders in world football right now than him. You know, he's been through it all for the last, what, 12 seasons since he came into Milan in 2009. This is a leader amongst men. Even yes. Aspie, I'm, I'm not the biggest fan of him, but I, I do feel like he's a positive influence. I, they're I'm not sure Rice... They're saying specifically vocal leaders. Someone yeah, but the, the thing is, right, even if you watch that, that, that um, game against City, you can literally hear Thiago yeah. from the sidelines on the pitch. You can hear Mount. You know, you can hear Rhys James. Like these guys are all vocal. I, I don't know what I don't know what Declan Rice shouting is gonna do to help us. You know, like we're, we're not a choir. Like we're, we're a football team. <laughs> yeah. Like please, let's let's prioritize quality before we where we want to go and uh, make acquisitions. 
You know, we're not buying players because you know that they're mates. Not not that being mates to people isn't a isn't a valid thing because I do think it's, it's a good it's a good thing in terms of like squad cohesion. But if your if your biggest trait is the fact that you're you're vocal, you know, you, you're you're physical, you know, you you can get everybody going. Like I, I don't really think that's like the kind of player that you should be going for. Okay, um, is there is there any examples in the past where we can remember where it's like actually this player? came from the academy and we tried to bring them back um, and they've been a success. I, don't, I, I tried to think of one. I couldn't think of one. Neither. Uh, what about in terms of mates where one of the players is like, okay, cool, this is my mate, bring him in England. Maybe Chilwell, because I know a lot of the... Yeah, that was what I was going to say. Yeah, and it worked out because a lot of the um, Tammy and Mount, they knew Chilwell from the under-21s too. Mm. And you can see like Mount and Chilwell hang around together. So... And we all know, like, it's part of it. There's different. There's going to be different clicks. It's the same way when we had like the African players with Drogba. Um, yeah, I was going to mention that as well. Yeah. Yeah, and so I get even it. um under Jose, you know, the the the, the small Portuguese contingent. Yeah. You know, Carvalho, Pereira, Pereira, yeah. sorry. And then and then yeah. back to our spine back in the day in terms of Lampard, Terry, Ashley Cole, Joe Cole. Yeah. Um. So, so I get that. I get that. The, the thing with me is, as a defensive midfielder, let's think about on the pitch, does he take us to the next level? Um, and I'm thinking, where have we kind of replaced? Because I think a lot of people want him to come in and replace Jorginho as a DLP. Yeah. And I was thinking, by the times we replaced the DLP with um, a more kind of aggressive physical guy, and the one that kind of jumped up was Mikel for ages. People wanted a replacement for him. And then we sold the Brenner in January. And we got Matic. Do you remember? Um, yeah. Mourinho. And, yeah. And I think it was kind of a success. People were happy, right? Yeah, definitely. definitely. It, it, was, it was a success. Um, another one, Bakayoko. Oh, God. Like, it, do you know the funniest thing about Bakayoko is, right? We had this conversation earlier in the Discord. Hmm. And I, I remember, I, 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 think, I think it was even me or somebody. Somebody searched my name along Bak- Bakayoko. And literally a month before we signed him, I just saying, please, dear God, do not sign this guy. Yeah, same. Yeah, like I don't know, like how people could watch him and think he he was the guy you want from Monaco. But my, yeah, as you, were going, as you were saying. Yeah, so my thing with Bakayoko is, I, I was like, guys, we've we've just won the league with Matic. I'm I'm I've never been the biggest Matic fan, but I was like, guys, we've just won the league with Matic and Kante. Why why do you want to mess with that? Just leave it. It works. Do you know what I'm saying? I was like, don't yeah. mess with it. Even if we buy Bakayoko, I was like, we have to keep Matic. We have to keep Matic. And then obviously Bakayoko comes in. Now, obviously this is a tentative link because Bakayoko is just, it's just the reason why it's a link is after we've done something big, like win the Premier League, we've just won the UCL. Do we try to keep things the same or do we change it up? And that midfield core, do you remember? Stinky players, man. But also, do you remember with Conte, until we moved to the 3-4-3 with Matic and Kante protecting that area, we were getting yeah. trapped. Yeah. And, and but, so... Yeah. The only Arsenal game especially stands out. Yeah, Arsenal and Liverpool. We got slapped twice. Yeah. But so the only thing is... because oh, we Was that the um, Coutinho game? I don't want to remember it. I don't even want to remember it. But I remember <laughs> it, it was like four... Both of them that slapped us for like three or four. But then we found something that works in midfield. And then I was really disappointed that Conte didn't fight hard to keep it the same going to the next season. And we've found something that's worked. 
So as much as, even if Rice or Tuchemeni or whoever his name is, comes in, I don't necessarily want to see any midfielders go out, just in case they don't work. Everybody was now done, apart from a few like me and you, that Bakayoko would be an improvement on Matic. He wasn't. So that's just a little thing to kind of remember in terms of, yeah, Rice comes in, what if he doesn't do well? What do you think about that? I mean, you probably just echoed what I said, you know. He's not exactly the guy that I'd want to come in. You know, I get how people want him. You know, potentially he could be good. I'm not saying he's a bad player, you know, but he's just not my he's just not my taste, you know, in yeah. DM. No, not, not to say that I don't appreciate someone that can destroy. I don't, you know the funny thing with Rice is, I don't think he's a DM. And I, and I think if he wants to go to the next level, I don't think he should play as a DM. I think he's more box-to-box. Yeah. Like, like, like generally, and I don't know why anybody want, like, a DM there to be... Because, like, when you watch Rice, he's a player that he likes to carry the ball and roll forward. So I don't know why people want him there to, you know, do this unlocking of the attacking eights or whatever they call it. <laughs> to be fair, when you're playing double pivot anyway... You, you don't necessarily have to sit. You can come mm, along. Yeah, but I, I get you, right? But a lot of, I've, I, what I think is that a lot of the conversation around him has been centred around the fact that they want him to come in so he can move away from the three at the back. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I feel like people are trying to like edge away from it now and like say, oh, you know, we, we need an actual DM to play a bit more attacking. Yeah, it's a weird one. It's like they you can tell they want rice for whatever reason. I'm not in control. If he comes in, let's see how it pans out. Anyway, the next thing I want to talk about um, Lukaku, they told me Lukaku was coming, Babs. They told me it was basically already done. And then what happens? Almost like if we're talking about throwbacks, or Shrees are saying Roman spent Roman smelt the United Sting. That's that's what Shrees are saying. But it's it's funny though because I remember we thought Lukaku was coming under Conte too. But like all of the ITKs were saying Lukaku's already done. Roman is personally driving this transfer. Shout out to one of the accounts that we've been following. Um, and then Lukaku announces he's not coming. Um, so first and foremost, just in the present day, um, what's your thoughts about Lukaku not coming? Um, I'm not really pressed about it, mm-hmm. I'm not really, I'm generally not pressed. Like, <laughs> it, it, I feel like the, the Lukaku trainers is long sailed, you know? Well, not, sorry, not so that's like he's long gone. Mm. Like, I don't feel I don't think that when a player rejects you once, you should go back for them unless they're like a top quality player. Yeah. Like if a Neymar rejects you and and you go back for him, I understand it. Mm-hmm. Mbappe, I understand it. Mm-hmm. You know, um uh, uh, uh what's his name? Sorry, um like a son or whatever whatever player that you know you can see they've got like technical ability that that you can appreciate. I'm not saying that Lukaku doesn't, mm-hmm. but I just feel like un- unless it's like an undeniable player. I don't see the point in going back, especially when he's, what, like 28? So he doesn't really have any resource value. So if it goes wrong, then it's, it's something you're stuck with again. Yeah. I, I, to, to, to talk about Lukaku, I think he's a quality striker. You know, I think he's done well in, in the Serie A. Mm-hmm. I feel like he should stay there. You know, it's a league that works for him. Mm-hmm. He's able to bully defenders. You know, I, I've seen man at the halfway line knock it around defenders. I, I run through on goal. Like, I feel like, you know what, Lukaku, you know what, stay there. You know, get, get your goals up. Yeah, man. Get your stats up, enjoy your time, you know. I'm not saying you can't do well in the Prem, but I don't want to be the club that takes the risk, you know. And Because I, I just don't think he's an instant success, like the way people say. I don't even think Haaland is an instant success, the way people say. We're say you know? We're gonna, so, like, that's, that's, a good segue. Go that's a good segue onto the fact that it's not Lukaku. 
then who? For next season, what's your idea um, for the striking position for next season? Um, for me personally, as I just said, you know, um, even Harlan's not an a, a instant impact. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's going to sound a bit hypocritical, but for me personally, if you, if you want to drop the bag on a striker, it's got to be him. You know, like the reports say he's unavailable, so I understand it. Mm-hmm. But I don't want to do this thing of whereby, you know, oh, this player that we want is unavailable, so we're going to go and go and get like, this, this random player who's, who's probably not halfway as good. You know, like, I feel like if we want to get a young striker, you have to shop in the young striker market, if that makes sense. Like, I don't think it's a thing of like, oh, okay, Lukaku, okay, he didn't work, so we're gonna go get Lukaku. Like, that doesn't really make any sense. Mm. Um, if it was up to me, if it was up to me, I'd probably get a wide, a wide forward, you know, someone that I can offer goals, and uh, and it can be a secondary creator. Okay, let's 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 look on the striker. If I was to go for a striker, you know, people, I've I've said it already. I'm I'm not gonna keep, I'm not gonna stop saying that Isaac is the one for me. Like Alexander, is like is that I have you that is that is the striker I want. Like I feel like he's he's extremely technically clean. You know, like he's what six foot five, but he literally glides across the pitch. Like he doesn't look this like um he doesn't look what's the word? He doesn't look un- un- discomposed, uncomposed. Sorry, like he actually looks like he can actually carry the ball with him. Um, I feel like his 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 overall game. There's a lot to be built on, which is understandable for a 21 year old striker. You know, strikers rarely peak until what 26, 27. So the fact that he's already scoring at one in two rate, you know, um, at 21, you know, he's broken Zlatan Ibrahimovic's record, and it's not like he's just scoring penalties and tappings. He literally scores zero penalties. Now half of his goals on his left foot, other half of his of his right foot. You know, he's getting headers. Is, he, has a, is, he has a variety of finishes. This is even worse than when Freeman came on and did the Lukaku propaganda. I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to stop you. You <laughs> <laughs> trying to convert all the fan base, but yeah, I hear it's up. I hear it's up. But you mentioned Haaland, and mm. circling back to Chelsea, we have been in this position before. It feels yeah. like every season, it seems like Chelsea need a striker, someone to come in and solve the striking situation. We've had big flops like Shevchenko, but Shevchenko really doesn't fit the bill because Shevchenko was still there. Um, but obviously, Torres, Costa, Morata, Morata Werner. People, tr- people act, and it gets me, people act like Werner wasn't a striker signing. People don't even talk about Werner like a striker, but Werner fits those guys. He's in the... I feel state. like Costa, Costa's up. Costa, why, why'd you put Costa there? Sorry, no, no, no. So this is just examples of strikers. Oh, okay, got you, got you, got you. I'll let you go. Some, some have, yeah, some have done well, like Costa. In fact, one has done well. And because um, I'm not going to include Drogba, Drogba came in straight away under Mourinho. Obviously, Ranieri was there, bought Drogba. Maybe we can include Drogba at work. But so my whole thing is in terms of avoiding the, the mistakes in it and in terms of trying to get more of a winner like Costa, what do we need to think about? Because I mentioned in one of the pods earlier, Torres, Shevchenko, Morata, Werner, for me, in terms of their quality on the ball, they don't have much. Um, a lot of their quality comes from running in behind. Yeah. Um, which, exactly. when we look at Lukaku and Shevchenko in Serie A, I watched, I'm older, you know what I'm saying? I, I, Milan was my team. Shevchenko was done. Shevchenko was done. I was screaming at everything, saying we shouldn't buy him, he's done. But he scored four goals in the Champions League in one game. And you know in the Champions League, like when you do something there, it's just everyone. Yeah, yeah it's everywhere. It's a, lot but, more, it's a lot more out there. Yeah, but the problem, the thing is, as someone that watched Milan for three or four years, you could see that Shevchenko was done. But 
all of the players just knew each other so well. That's how the four goals came about. It's not like he had the speed anymore, but they knew exactly where Shevchenko was going to be. He knew exactly when the people were going to pass it. That's how he scored those goals. But I knew it would be a horror show if he came to Chelsea, and it was a horror show. But so there's that, the past it striker. Then you had Torres, again, past it, because he always was on the wane. Then you had Morata, who really didn't even really become a good striker. He was on his way there, but really and truly, he wasn't really good, I don't think. And then you had Werner, who was a bit of a weird one, because we all saw both Morata and Werner, they were missing big chances. Literally, when we were signing and videos was coming out, they're missing chances, they're missing chances. So the only other thing that kind of connects them, especially with Torres, Shevchenko, and even Morata, all expensive signings. So with Haaland, Haaland scored an international break the other day, but I know it's internationals, but that was his first game, I think, in four, five games for Norway. Um, and the same way with Werner, people believed that he was definitely not going to flop and definitely he was going to be an improvement on Tammy. Now we've got to talk about Haaland and we've got to say, okay, cool. 150 million, could he be um, put with more of the flops on this name than on, these, on this list than the winners? I mean, <laughs> anything's possible, but mm-hmm. I don't know, like... <laughs> The price, that price does scare me. Mm. That price, I won't lie, that price does scare me. Like, if for me personally, if you're going north for 100 M's, there's only, there's only really one forward I'd want. But, I mean, you can't really, you can't really win certain Haaland's record, you know. If you look, not just the Messi, but in the Champions League as well. He's, the way he's played. But I, I, I do get what you mean into the fact that he's an expensive straining and, if you're if you're bought for that price, like you have to bang, you don't have to just bang. You have to bang at like a Shame. three and four rate. Mm. Like we, we need instant impact. Mm. And the, the thing people forget, the guy's still young. Like he's only twenty years old. Yeah. So like, there's a lot of there's a lot of factors to his game. He's gonna have to learn. He's but, different. He's different from a lot of these different one, yeah. Because um, yeah. we usually spend big money on people that are a lot older. Exactly. This is a young person, so if we spend big money on it, there's more time for it to. Like it, maybe first season it doesn't work, but we, four years down the line, it, like we still got four years to make it work. There's not that pressure yeah. to make it work straight away. And even if you look mental, like I, I hate to talk about footballers' mentalities, but he he just he just seems like a, an absolute winner. Like he just seems like a monster. Like yeah. there's nothing that's, there's nothing that's gonna beat him other than himself. If that mm-hmm. makes sense. Like yeah. the, the media probably won't be able to get onto him. But like, I, I I highly doubt it's gonna be listening to like rival fans or whatever like I feel like he's a player that's he's, he's, he's just like there if you get what I mean also strength wise on this list a lot of these players are more pandies mm, <laughs> not yeah. insulting but Costa the one that is like ready yeah. to fight I oh think. man Costa, Costa was oh yeah like, the funniest thing is like even when, even when we had Costa yeah, I, I had my complaints with him but yeah. when you look at some of these strikers like <laughs> we've had it, I, I feel bad for people complaining about Costa then yeah, we, we just, we need to avoid it. We need to avoid it. And one thing we definitely need to avoid, we're talking about money spent. If you remember, exactly. um, if you remember Mourinho, he got sacked. Part of the reason was, is because Shevchenko was bought and he couldn't make Shevchenko work. Part of the reason why Ancelotti was sacked is because they bought Torres. Torres, yeah. Couldn't make Torres work. Part of the reason yeah, why... The thing with Ancelotti, wasn't his, like, interest Aguero? No, it, he was it was interested in Torres. Like, don't really. Don't do that. Okay. Yeah, he was. Okay. He was. Okay. Yeah, he was interested in Torres from Milan, um, from even Milan days before he came to Chelsea. But then also with Conte as well. Conte, 
people will say, okay, Lukaku is his first choice, but Morata was still his second choice. And obviously Morata flopped and Morata killed Conte at Chelsea too because, again, no goal scorer. And if you don't have a goal scorer, then you're more likely to flop. So um, if, if Tuchel buys 150 million Haaland and Haaland flops, that's a heavy... Even if you look at Lampard with Werner, same thing. He bought him 50 million, couldn't get him to score. So that kind of puts like a heavy weight on Tuchel as well. So... Like putting that to you, Babs, at 150 million, if if um, Dortmund says, okay, we will give you Haaland 150 million, there's not many other strikers on the market. People talk about um, Valovic from Fiorentina. I think Gattuso. Yeah, I think. Yeah, yeah I think Gattuso is saying he's staying anyway. Gattuso, he? yeah, he's convinced him apparently. Yeah. Yeah. So 150 million, Haaland. Dortmund says, okay, he can go 150 million. What are you saying, given everything we just discussed? <laughs> Give it everything just discussed. I mean, it's difficult, man. Uh, yeah, it's difficult. Even even before that, as I was saying, it, it was difficult even before that. Like mm-hmm. people are saying, he's he's an instant like, not that he's going to be an instant success, but he's like he's he's just a <laughs> guy that makes sense. But I don't know, man. Like you look at the price and it's 150 million. That's that's what you 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 pay that kind of price for a complete footballer. If you get what I mean. Mm-hmm. Not saying that he doesn't have like good attributes, but. If you want, if you're gonna pay that kind of money, you, you want the player to be like technically clean as well as mm. you know, having all the other attributes like goal, in terms of like goal scoring. What? So what are you saying? 120 million still still too heavy. Mm. It's a tough one, man. It's a tough one. It's a tough one. I, I, if it was 100 million, I, I'm all in. I'm all in. But that's not gonna happen. That's not enough. Yeah, that's it's not gonna happen, man. It's not yeah. gonna happen. That's the problem. Like, so are you passing on him? Because I know obviously you're for Isak, but we're not even linked with him. So exactly. you're not in control. So if if you was to say at this point you can only control the Haaland deal, 150 million, yes or no, and then if it's no, then they go off and do whatever they want to do. What are you saying? That's a tough question, man. Mm-hmm. 150 million, all in, all in. Great British ones, straight from Roman's bank account, and that's it's going to put a heavy pressure because it's not just about. Again, hey, that's that's a massive pressure on Tuchel, you know. But like, this is but this is the issue with um, Torres, with Shevchenko, with Morale, all of these guys really. And they have to play team. at that price. Yeah, and all of, all of these team, like all of these players, it's not just that. Like we should just be focused on how do we get the win, how do we win the league. Mm. But then it becomes more about oh, we've got to get these players um, playing, and it diverts our attention and our aim from how do we get this win. And so when you buy a £150 million player, it's not just about how do we win these games, it's how do we win this game with this £150 million player working. So that's kind of what you're buying into with a £150 million player, or even let's say 120 whatever. We've already got Havertz um, that we've had to do that kind of with this season. Do we want another season of that? Is it worth it? Is it worth the risk? Credit Karma has always been there to help you make better financial decisions. And now they want to help you even more. With a Credit Karma Money Spend account, you can be rewarded for good money habits. Credit Karma Money is a brand new checking account where you can win cash reimbursements for making purchases. Just pay with your debit card, and if you win, you'll be notified on the spot and your Instant Karma cash will be added back to your spend account. Open your FDIC insured spend account for free. There's no minimum balance requirements, no overdraft fees, 
and free withdrawals from a network of over 50,000 ATMs. And when you make a purchase between June 8th and June 30th, you'll automatically be entered to win $1 million. Right now, visit creditkarma.com backslash win money to open your free account and start winning instant karma. Go to creditkarma.com backslash win money to sign up for free and start winning. That's creditkarma.com slash win money. Instant Karma is sponsored by Credit Karma. No purchase necessary. Exclusions and terms apply. See rules. Banking services provided by MVB Bank Incorporated. Member FDIC. Maximum balance and transfer limits apply. Oh, man, it's a tough one. Tough one. Because I feel like even I look at the squad, like, it makes it kind of awkward in the way we'd have to play. Mm. You know, because you'd have Harlan um, as striker. But Habits has to start. Mm-hmm. Mount has to start. Mm-hmm. And that's already that's three spots taken, you know, within the midfield and attack. And if you think about it, if if two core sticks to this formation, you know, three, four, three, three, four, two, whenever you want to mm-hmm. see it. That means you've only got two more central midfield midfield spots. Mm-hmm. So obviously that means that a Pulisic, you know, a Ziyech, you know, a Cho, they're not going to be able to start consistently. Mm-hmm. So it's a tough one. It's a tough, there's so many factors. Man. The fact that you sprung this question yeah. is a, it's tough, but you know what? You know what? Like right now, and I hate making these desperate decisions, but if it was up to me, I wouldn't do it. You know what? I wouldn't, wouldn't do, do it. it. Good, because you should. I can't. I can't. I, I can't. I can't spend that kind of money mm. on on, on Harlan. Not saying that he's not a top quality player because he is. Mm-hmm. I, I can't spend that kind of money on him. Yeah, because Haaland... I, I just can't do it, man. Haaland may work... Like, Haaland, his finishing is cold. He does this is amazing. Finish. It's cold. It's literally... It's second to none. Yeah, he, he does. He does. But what I, I think Chelsea should come away from acting out of desperation, which a lot of these transfers have kind of been. Even the Kepa yeah. transfer, that happened to be desperation. I don't think desperation yeah. works well for us. Costa, Sesk, that was done really early. It was well planned. Yeah, very early. The very Torres early. one was out of desperation in January because Drogba and Anelka weren't scoring. The Werner one, kind of desperation as well. Not necessarily desperation, but look, we're not behind the scenes. But it seemed like he was going to Liverpool and then next minute, he's coming Chelsea. So I'm not going to say it's desperation, but was he really like the the first pick striker? I don't know. Um, So so yeah, with Haaland, it seems like we've been chasing for a while. So it won't necessarily be desperation, but because we, we were interested in him before he went to Dortmund. But to operate at the top of the market where you have to pay 150 million, that's a big weight that has to come off. It can't be, oh, he's young, he needs time. It kind of has to come off. That's almost like double. Yeah, man, I, I can't lie. It would make me very, very sick if I've seen our fans doing that <laughs> after spending that much money. Yeah. So All right. I would feel bad. All right, all right. So moving on to Sancho, because it seems like a lot of people are saying since if we don't get a striker, I think you kind of mentioned it too, we should get a wide scorer. And Sancho seems to, it feels like 2019 again, in terms of like every Chelsea fan who wanted Sancho come like Christmas 2019. And it seems like more and more people are saying, bring me Sancho. But Sancho seems close to Manchester United. The only thing that gives us hope is Man United. They seem to be a bit more tighter. They don't want to pay money up front. We hear that Dortmund want money up front. We know that Sancho is a Chelsea fan. 
or was a Chelsea fan at least. Uh, we know we we know we got that. We know that we know we got that money off. We, we know we can. right. We can do it. We can do it, especially after the Champions League win, baby. So, um, what are we saying about the Sancho links and just in in general to kind of let's buy a wide striker rather than a hundred fifty million um, Haaland? I like the links. I like the links. You know, I feel like he has a lot of parallels. Like a hazard, not 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 in terms of play style, but the fact that he makes good decisions consistently, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and that's something that we, we need to value as a team going forward. Because mm-hmm. if you look at the top team operating the market, like, th- th- those are the kind of players that you, you tend to buy. Yeah, you know, in in attacking position, you don't really spend that kind of money on players that are like making rash decisions. So he he's like probably he's, he's top three if, if we're talking like in terms of like wide wide players that make these kind of decisions and. If you look at his numbers consistently, you know, I hate combining stats, but what, 30 plus goals and assists in three plus in three seasons. Okay. You know, people are seeing the Bundesliga Bundesliga attacks, but his performance in the Champions League have been just as good, you know, against teams like against Barcelona, Sevilla. You know, he, he's performed. He's performed. And having a play like that, it would be good, but but there's still drawbacks. Because you look at the, the way our, our team is, you know, there's a lot of mess. You know, there's a lot of a mess if you look at our wide forwards. You know, we've got what we'll come into the mess later because I think we've got a question. Go on. that. We'll, we've got yeah, no we'll come into it later, but so so with Sancho, you're saying it makes sense partly, and we'll come into the mess later. Is there any other drawbacks? Um, any other drawbacks? Um, potential that he doesn't you know acclimatize the league, which I'm not really worried about because I, I think <laughs> I I, gen- I I have like a hundred percent certainty. Not. Not okay, 97% certainty that he will do it in the league. Yes, yeah. uh, the way he plays, I feel like his kind of style in translate, he doesn't rely on getting it behind. You know, he, he, his time, his kind of play is behind the ball, yes, you know, in, in, in comparison, like a Werner. So, not one of the league attacks people like to make. You know, you've got to, you've got let's 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 be let's be analytical. You know, let's let's look at football how it's supposed to be looked at. You know, so, he's, he's a behind the ball player, so I, I feel like a lot of his qualities transcend you know, to the so, league. So, looking back at Chelsea's history. What would you say are moves? I think you mentioned Eden already. Yeah. Um, I've got on my list as well. I've got Robin yeah. as well. And I don't know. I think we've, we've had good history in this area in terms of a young winger that's supposed to be one of the best young yeah, wingers. Even Salah, you know, he didn't work out, but even Salah. Even, um, Sa- even Salah. Even Salah. So I, I, I'm happier with this move. Than, yeah, like, than like, even at the time, like Sturridge, you know, Sturridge, we were playing inside forward at the time. Yeah, uh, but, but I think I think the difference with Sturridge, Sturridge hasn't played many games in the Premier League. Um, we're, we're talk- with Hazard and Robin, Robin conquered the Dutch league with the biggest talent. United and Chelsea was after him. It was a long time ago, but at that time, for a young player, when you moved for 11, 12 million, like with Cristiano and like with Robin, that was because you dominated your league and you was the best in your league and all of the best. So I think, and Eden as well, dominated the French league and it was like, when is your next move? And I think it's the same with Sancho. Sancho, one of the like, highest sort of the young wingers. So in terms of history, it's on our side, this move. Like, it's so far it's worked out. And one of the reasons why I think it works out more for us than wingers, because everybody asks, what is it with Chelsea and strikers? But with wingers, you don't, we don't tend to buy expensive wingers that run in behind. But when you're buying wingers, you're buying wingers that can take people on. Yeah. And I think that's probably one of the reasons why our wing like our winger signings have worked out better than our striker signings because we've bought so many in behind merchants and I feel like I don't want any more in behind merchants. The thing is with Haaland, Haaland's not necessarily 
uh, in behind Merchant. He's more of a bully. Yeah. Um, so so maybe a Harlan can work. Maybe he's more like a Costa. Maybe that can work. But I definitely think yeah, wing-wise... But even to go back onto that, um, my, yeah. as a player, before in case people want to come and attack me, I'm, I have no worries about him as a player. But that price, yeah, it's crazy. yeah, it's crazy. it's crazy. And our history tells us let's not operate at the top of the market. But obviously, Havertz worked out. But that, but let's but let's move on to the mess you was talking about. Um, so yeah, you want to talk about the mess? We have uh, so many attackers. I think we've got like eight attackers currently. Hudson-Odoi, Ziyech, Werner, Giroud's still here, I think. Tammy's still here. Um, Pulisic, Mount counts too. Batshuayi's coming back. <laughs> There's yeah, a lot but, of players, man. But just in the squad right now. So just in the squad, I think we've got one more. I'm, I'm missing someone. But I think we've got eight attackers who are essentially three positions. So Tammy and, and Giroud are going. Do we buy a, a replacement? People are saying buy a Haaland or whatever, but really and truly, Werner and Havertz, they're two strikers. I know people don't see Werner as a striker, but Werner's still a striker option. He played up front for us against Man City. So already we've got two striker options. Obviously, we've got youth as well. I'm hearing talk about Brozier coming back, but really and truly, uh, we need to cut these attacking options. You was mentioning before, right, the mess. Yeah, sorry about that. Um, so... Yeah, I feel like the way our attacks constructed at the moment. If I look at the end of last season, I feel like it was in a, it was actually in a good state. It was in a good state, in my opinion. It was in a good state. Like, I feel like it was just like that one piece away in terms of like uh, an out and out goal score if you wanted to upgrade in Tammy. But I do. If you look at the way our attack is set up now, mm-hmm. like I just feel like there, there's no real like clear defining positions if that makes sense i don't know if that's making sense but if you look at the, the three positions up top mm-hmm. i can't say okay this player starts here mm-hmm. this player starts here that person starts here you know people be like oh you know Werner, he can start here but i feel like he makes a lot of impact starting there or like habits or you know he can play in the false now but if you play with the false now you can't play x y and z like and you look at what Werner's returned what six six goals in 29 starts 35 35 appearances mm-hmm. it, it does scream a lot of worry in terms of like how our tax made up because Let's say, let's say we do sign a Harlan. Mm-hmm. The likelihood is that Werner will stay and Werner will start because you're not going to bench the, the guy that's on 200 plus K a week. You know, you're, you're not, it just doesn't happen. Like, you, you can hope to, to make, like, make it career as much as you want, but we've got to be realistic with ourselves, if you get what I mean. And I do feel like we would be stuck with him for a while. And not just say stuck, but I, I, may, maybe we could, you know, give him another run and see if he bangs. I don't really see that happening but I think it's a bit of a mess you know we look at our wide options as well you know Pulisic people are really high on him mm-hmm. after project restart you know he showed a couple of glimpses during the regular season as well Jesus I, I'm, I, I sound like I'm talking about basketball here but yeah uh, he showed a couple of, 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 um, of glimpses earlier in the season that he could be a good player you know you look at his return last season what nine goals in 20 you know Nine goals in what 19 starts. You know, I know you got one off the bench against um, Aston Villa towards the end of the season. That's that's elite. That, that was like a one in that's what like a, a 0.4 goal goal return. Like that's that's a really good that's nearly one in two. So you were expecting to kick on this season and really like go for it, you know, in terms of like getting get in around 12, but he hasn't really set the world alight. And I know a lot of he's been down to injuries and that seems to be like a bit of a common issue with him. And I do think that if you if you want to construct an attack with what we've got right now, 
I don't see like that clear defining player that plays here and there, if that makes sense. Like I can't say that, okay, Pulisic has to start left wing because he offers this, that, and the other. Or um or Werner start has to start talking because he offers this time the other. With Havertz, I can see it with the false night, but even to do that, I, I'm not convinced that he can be scoring at an acceptable rate for him to be playing there, if you get what I mean. Not saying that not saying that he's not a good player, but I, I feel like if you have if you want to compose an attack, you know, me and you are on the same lines, you've got to have your primary scorer, your secondary scorer, and your creator. I yeah. feel like Havertz can do the secondary secondary scorer rate. You know, yeah. secondary score. I feel like he can do it. I feel like he could be, he could be in and around one and three. Do I think he'd be one and two, you know, two and three to be playing up top, you know, taking up a, another spot? I don't know. So that's what worries me. I think he could be one and two. I think he could be one and two in a good mm. team. Yeah, agreed. I think you could be, but I don't want to expect it if you get what I mean. I, I need to, for me to expect this, I need to, I need to have seen like the, agreed. I need to have seen like the, the, the signs. But what I'd say is with Havertz, it's such a weird one because I'm like you. I don't like, uh, like, again, this is another thing that we can talk about in terms of the history of Chelsea and what potentially can derail our season. Because the issue is with Chelsea is after a big high, usually for some reason comes a big fall. And what we're trying to do is navigate through these pitfalls. Another pitfall we usually have is this. He's got the talent to do it. So let's, you know what I'm saying? He can score 50 goals with Eden Hazard. You know, he's got, well, he's got, he's a good finisher. Therefore, all he needs is more chances. Oh, he's under defensive manager. If only he gets an attacking manager, therefore he can do this, et cetera, et cetera. We even see it with like, do you know what I'm saying? Like sometimes just know who the player is. With a Kovacic, we always like, no, he's got the ability to do this, he's got, but he doesn't do it. So that's fine. He doesn't do that. Hazard doesn't score 30 goals. It's fine. Let's I not agree. You, you, you just got to, you got to take things at face value. Exactly. Even with like Hudson Odoi, it's like, oh yeah, Take on your take on your player, like maybe that's not him as a thing. Do you know what I'm saying? And even if you want to make him more for someone to take on, going into next season, I don't think we should be thinking, okay, cool. Havertz will score 30 goals when he's never done it before. The same way with Pulisic, we bought Pulisic. The most goals he scored in the league season was four goals. Now there's definitely reasons to that. After having two call, I understand more that Pulisic was probably used as that wide man. We know that. Um that wide man, that, that really, really wide man, because we know that with um, Tuchel, he wants, he's been linked with Hakimi, we're linked with Adama, he had um, Hudson-Odoi playing wing-back. Even even Usman the Bellerin, you know, he likes a natural winger. Yeah, but when, when I'm saying natural winger, I'm saying not necessarily get into the box and score. Actually, yeah, be, touch, touch line was the touch line. So, so when Pulisic, when, when I, before I was like, Pulisic only got four goals. But then when I'm realising, actually, he's telling to stay out on the touchline, that makes a bit more sense to me. So all I'm saying is, for Havertz, you're completely right. At this point, to be fair, he, like, I know it's Germany, but he has scored quite a few goals. Um, I think he scored 17 in the league season, which isn't bad. That's close to 20. The only thing is, when you look again, it's, it's so important because I know there's, there's certain people that they get frustrated when we talk about non-penalty goals. Because yeah. you're taking the goals away from them, and it's all a goal. But actually, we we're just trying to assess what they can bring to the team. Yeah, I, I, yeah that, that season, it was the season before last, scored um fourteen non-penalty goals in thirty-three starts. Yeah, so that's like one in two in Germany, yeah, just below one in two. Yeah. Yeah, right. So I can see, I can see the potential, and don't forget, he didn't really regularly play. Um, he didn't really regularly play up front for us, like. 
So, and in the games he did play up front for us, it wasn't like he had a bad return. It wasn't Bernerish. Do you know what I'm saying? Bernerish like four and twenty-six. So, I to be to be yeah. fair, I'm happy enough that I think he'll get one and three to one and two, like like you said. But if he if your striker, if your main guy in the middle is getting one and three to one and two, you probably need two goal scorers around you, not just one. Exactly. Exactly. Um. So yeah. So we definitely need that. We need to kind of make sure we avoid that because. We've had so many seasons go down the drain because we're banking on this striker, like a Morata, like a Werner, like a Torres, to score these goals that they'd never scored before, that they clearly wasn't going to score, and we like, give it one more season. So we need to make sure that goals is a focus. Um, but yeah, in terms of the mess, how would you clear it up? Um, the weird one, because I, I guess a lot of it depends on what kind of risks you want to take. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm, I'm guess uh, yeah. To the patrons anyway, we're probably going to do a, a bit of like a transfer window shot. Yeah. So, w- watch out for that. But okay. I'm going to give you a little bit of a preview. So, if it was up to me, I would take a bit of a risk and potentially sell a ZH. You know, I know people are going to be like, "Oh, that's not really a risk," but I do think it's a risk in the fact that if you look at the way his season started, you know, mm-hmm. he came off a season where whereby his season ended in March, I believe, or even earlier. Mm-hmm. You know, the Dutch league they were quite heavily hit with COVID, so. He was obviously rusty coming into the season, so he wasn't really 100% fit. And even when he started, he, he was quite exciting to watch, you know. Mm-hmm. He had good performances against um, Leeds, you know, against Burnley, against Sheffield. I know people are going to be like, the teams he's playing, but even then, like, his performances were actually consistent. Like, he was playing to a good technical degree. And I do feel like he has a bit of quality to show, but I guess it's about where you, whether you want to risk it and um, sell it, because obviously, you know, Sevilla were interested in him. So if it was up to me, I'd consider selling him. Mm-hmm. Um, Pulisic Pulisic is a weird one because I'd want to keep him around because I do feel like there's a value in having a winger that, that wants to take people on that's mm-hmm. like an aggressor mm-hmm. but they, they, they're quite brute force in the way they play mm-hmm. and so I'd, I'd keep him around so that's so that's one winger there um, Hudson I'd want to keep him mm-hmm. I'd want to keep him but I feel like if you get if you bring a, a Sancho win Obviously, they're good friends, so that that could probably help him in terms of like his morale. So mm-hmm. that means we'd have three wingers, and I would be confident with that because if you have those three, you know, you have, you have Mount, you can play them in that in, in those inside channels. If we're playing the three, three for three, mm-hmm. you have have a stick played as well. So if it was up to me, I'd go with those three as my um, as my three guys behind the striker. So not Mount behind the striker. Um, as as what I said before, he can play there if you if you know him, but, but primarily I wouldn't want him there. So where would you have Mount then? Because a lot of people you have to have Mount in your team, otherwise. Uh, yeah, but a lot of mine, I would, like, a lot of mine, it does it does rely on me changing formation. I, I can't even lie. So okay. it would probably be in the midfield. We'll, we'll get onto the formation a bit later because I've got a little. Yeah, bit we'll get we'll get to that later. We'll get to that later. All right. Okay. Okay. So um, past examples of this, I think when I, I did a thread on on Twitter. In terms of the Mourinho season, we had so many attackers. Yeah. We had William, we had Scherler, we had KDB. Quadrado at time. Who? Do we have Quadrado at time? Oh, yeah, so Quadrado came in and so did Salah. He kept yeah. they came in. No, but I, I, I thought Quadrado came in and that's when, we, that's when Salah was like, yeah, I'm, I'm going. Yeah, no, no, that's what I'm saying. So initially, we didn't have. Um, so, yeah, initially, I don't think we had Salah start the season. We had William, maybe, I can't remember. We just had so many um, players. Um, yeah. And then what happened was some got cut. And Seller got cut. KDB got cut. So 
um, in terms of the way we're cutting it, is there any way we can avoid the Salah and KDB situation? Because if you remember, both Salah and KDB, they both went on loan. Now, yeah. the thing is, even though they both went on loan, both of them decided at the point where they went on loan, I'm not, coming, not back. coming back. Yeah, right. and even if you listen, like, I remember KDB had an interview just yeah. before he come back to see, and he said, if Josie wasn't there, he'd, he'd be back, he'd be back at Chelsea. So you yeah. can tell, like, having a toxic manager, it does play a massive part. So mm. having a Tuchel there, who has good relations with the players, it does play in our, in our, in our advantage, you know, because if he was, like, a more toxic manager, I do feel like if he was to send, like, a Hutton alone, he ain't coming back. I don't think he would come back, even in this case, but I feel like you have a bit of a chance, if you get what I mean. Yeah, because what I'll say is, like, some people love, even at that point, some people still love Mourinho, and I feel like, we just need to look at that example and be careful because Mourinho didn't want to sell either of, to be fair, maybe Salah. Salah have heard conflicting stories. Mourinho says he didn't want to sell Salah, but um, his agent said, Mourinho said, as long as he's there, Salah will never play. Yeah, he does have a future at Chelsea, yeah. Yeah, um, but then De Bruyne, Mourinho says he always wanted to bring him back and he just wanted to go on loan, but De Bruyne decided to leave league. Now, Hudson-Odoi is an example of someone that people are saying go on loan for two years. He may not want to come back, just like these two guys. And you have to remember, it could just be another, oh, what did, why, why did Chelsea get rid of Hudson Odoi? But when it comes down to it, you can know that these, like, they knew that Salah was a talent. Apparently, I think, I can't remember what player said it in training. Someone said in training recently that Salah was the best player in training every week. Felipe Luis, he said it. Yes, exactly. So it's not like Chelsea didn't understand they had a talent on their hands, but the manager wasn't really fancy. People ask me, why isn't Hudson-Odoi playing? Um, there was a clip on Twitter where it showed his like, passing ability. And they're like, why wasn't he playing? Why wasn't he playing? Sometimes you don't fit for whatever reason into the manager's yeah. hands. And then people will say it's multiple managers now. It's happened with other players at Chelsea with multiple managers. The thing is, right, right now, certain players like Salah and KDB, they said, listen, I just want to play. I want to go where I can play. And I think with Hudson-Odoi, he, like, he seems okay. But he might decide, I'm going to go where I can play. If he goes on loan for a season or two, it might be the last we see of him. But that's and just it's, it's such an interesting because if you look at KDB, yeah. it, he went on loan at a similar age, I, I believe. No, he, as in, he left permanently oh, at a similar age at, at 22 yeah. to Wolfsburg. So you, you do want to take, you do want to be careful because if, if Cho does go on that two year that people are screaming for, I don't see why he wants to sign a new contract. Yeah, you know, yeah. I don't see why he wants to come back. Because if, if you're telling me you want me to go on loan for two years, that just, that just means you don't think I'm going to be good enough for the squad for two years. So yeah. wh why would I want to stay? Yeah. It's a thing, this, this whole loan hustle and thing, you have to understand how dangerous it is. Uh, I feel like a lot of people, a lot of people play like a football manager, you know, yeah, a, a career mode. And, and they forget there's a, there's a big people element to football. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So another thing, um, we talked about formation. And in terms of you're saying you in your head we want to play a different formation so tell me yeah but, but to, to, okay i'll tell you why not, not that i don't appreciate the formation for me personally i'd stick with it if it's working like, let's, let's keep it going mm -hmm. you know people are going to try and draw parallels to a conte like oh people sussed it out but i feel like i, I don't know people are, that's just so lazy to me because if you look at a conte right let's let's look at let's look at his style and the way he plays so he likes to play bringing out from the back but mm -hmm. one of his main weaknesses in the way that we played was the fact that the moment you press high against us we, we were not going to be able to do anything. I don't know if you remember, there was, like a, there was a game against Huddersfield. Mm. We struggled. Um, there was the Bournemouth 3-0 as well. 
and I do feel like uh, we're content with this for but if, if you press those um those wing backs, there's not really much option for them to do. So but I don't think that, that is, is as fair as a comparison to say that would be sussed out. Um, I think with the formation, I, I, I just don't think that the way we play is attacking enough to, to score the, the adequate amount of goals to challenge for the title, if you get yeah. what I mean. Yeah. I was, I was going to say, I think with Conte, what you bring up is interesting. Obviously, mm. I, Conte had automations in terms of playing the ball out. Yeah, a lot of automation. Yeah, so like if you can, with automations, as a manager, an opposition manager, you can yeah. find patterns and it's easy to exactly. break down. Whereas I think with Tuchel, it's more like you find, uh, as from what I'm seeing, you find solutions. So maybe we're more yeah, in that regard. However, I'm more, I'm so interested in this kind of formation switch. So why do you want, so you want it because you feel like we need to beat smaller teams and therefore we need to break them down? I didn't say that. I just said I don't think we played in an attacking way to, to score the adequate amount of goals. Yeah, so th- therefore we need to switch formations to play more attacking, right? That's what you're saying. Mm. It's not really what I'm suggesting. It's what I'm hoping. If you get what I mean, like I, I, I don't think it's like a direct, like a direct like thing. Like one plus one equals two. Like it, it could be a thing. Where, like if we change formation, we may completely break down, and we're never scoring goals even then. But I guess you could say that the the direct um the direct fix to this to this solution to play a bit more attacking. I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I guess it depends on how you wanna how you wanna shape it. We we did talk about because. Uh, it's not necessarily formation. Formations, obviously, um, you can just have an attacking right wing back, and that's probably exactly. why a Dharma in them. But um, yeah. yeah, in terms of like, if you were squeezed to get an Adama instead, would you not just be happy with that? Ugh, I don't want Adama, man. No. Okay. Okay. What about Livermento or Hakimi? Whatever. Just an attacking right wing back, three four three. Then would you be happy? Yes and no. In the fact that I feel like to, to get the best out of some of our players, like let's say like a Cho, for instance, I don't think like, like I think he could work like inside channel, but I feel like a lot of his best game comes when he's able to play out wide and stretch mm-hmm. and defenses. And like a Chilwell, for instance, he loves he even he he loves the touchline as well. Mm-hmm. But if you look at if you look on the opposite side, if you look at like a Reese, he likes to be inverted. And for me personally, I don't think him and Cho work together out wide. Mm-hmm. I know a lot of people like like to say that they do, but I don't think it, it really works in mm-hmm. terms of like the angles. Like they create the exact same crossing angles. Um, so I guess that's kind of like a lot of why I feel like a lot of a personnel could benefit from a bit more of a very structure. But I guess a lot of this is all down to tactics at the end of the day. So if Tuchel was able to find a way whereby you know a Cho could play his natural game, and Cho was able to still stretch defenses. You know, um, a living mentor is able to come in, potentially play, and we're, we're free-flowing. You know, we've got goals up front. I'm happy with it. I, I'm not complaining. I guess a lot of my complaints is more down to like, the way we attack okay. and create chances, I guess. All right, so your, if it is a 4-3-3, what is your front three that you're looking at? And by the way, we've just been linked to Pats and Dakar if the Lukaku and Haaland move doesn't come on. Interesting. Um, that, that, that's, that's, a, that's, that's not a Chelsea signing at all. Yeah, because why is it not a Chelsea signing? Because we, we rarely ever try to get players early, if you get what I mean. Like, like just before they get that um that middle move. We did try. I think we did, from what all reports, we did try to get Haaland straight yeah, we, as we, we did try, but what, what, I should say for try. I feel like we, we don't do it. That's what I should probably say. But we, we've done it before in the past. And I, I know we've had that conversation like in the past about saying, like, oh, you know, these kind of signings. But 
I guess it depends on like, how, how the club operate. I, I think I think we've done it. I think we do it. Sometimes it's difficult. In recent times. Yeah, I think I think Mishy was one of those signings. Ugh. It's taking a chance. Marseille. You that's know, not 35 mil. Yeah. All in. That's that's not a chance. That's that's an expensive that's, signing. But this is what I'm saying. Ducker's not how do you, how much do you think Ducker's gonna be? Yeah, true. Yeah, you know Yeah, and even like with a Denver bar, do you know what I'm saying? Chelsea do this a lot, and these players tend to because they didn't cost that much, even though they cost like enough. Yes, you're right. <laughs> It's, it's yeah. the whole is the whole like profile reputation reputation. But like. they, don't, they don't necessarily get the um, exactly. flourish. Like, we, we play players way too much of reputation rather than what yeah. Doing. But we definitely do. So like, if Daka was to come in, we'd probably see a thing where he'd be a bench player for Havertz, and they'll try to make Havertz work more because he costs more, and then Daka will be used as the second striker, just off the money. Mm. I guess the interesting thing with Daka is I haven't, I haven't, I haven't really watched him enough to make a, a proper judgment. Yeah. But he does let's have a good all-round game, which is a positive to see. Okay. So just on the formation quickly, I look back in our past to see if we can learn anything from the past Chelsea teams about formation yeah. switch. And formation switch that I remember, obviously a lot of people think about Conte, but that's really, that was in the season. It wasn't like mm. a plan. Are you going to say um, Jose? I'm going to say Jose. Yeah, I knew it. <laughs> Tell me about it. Speak for me since you know what No, I'm no, you, you, you go. You go ahead. So all of a sudden... I think it's more because of Robin having injuries. Jose decided I'm going to play a diamond. Now he's won two. Yeah. Leagues. He's won. He's won two leagues with the four-three-three, and Robin's been crucial in that in those two league wins. In fact, the third season when we didn't win, Robin had a decimated season, and obviously Mourinho was so unhappy with Robin's injury. Like Robin couldn't control it. He didn't get injured on purpose, but he was so unhappy with Robin's injury record that he decided, I'm going to create a formation to play without Robin. And therefore, he decided to create a, the diamond. Yes, and a, that's a very Jose thing to do. Right. It's very spiteful. <laughs> it's very... It's, it's, that, that guy was, that guy was, there was a lot of signs of why we should have brought him back, but yeah, yeah keep going. But even like with the, the, the Eden, remember when Eden was injured? And then, um, who's the physio again? Eva. Eva wanted to go and get him, but then... Oh, yeah. Like, He's got no respect for injuries, but anyway. But anyway, so he decided to plan this diamond 442. And then we obviously lost Robin because Robin said, okay, cool, you don't have a place for me. I'm going to Real Madrid. And I actually think that Robin's brute force nature was one of the reasons why I was able to break down a lot of teams when we needed to. And he was a match winner for us in important games, not necessarily even just scoring the goals, but being that dribbler. And losing him, we lost our brute force player that can dribble behind low blocks, et cetera, et cetera. And then it just wasn't going well that next season because we didn't really, all we had is SWP and SWP doesn't really have the ingenuity like that. Do you know what I'm saying? And so I think why I bring this up is because I think we're in a similar situation. We don't have a brute force player and we've lacked it since. Yeah, agreed. And so when I'm seeing links with Adama, I get it. I'm not saying I'm for it, but I get it. He wants to... Yeah, you, you get, the, you get the, the thought behind it. Can I appreciate the thought behind it? I appreciate the thought behind it, but I think we've got too many players already. Like, Pulisic is one-on-one, but then you can't play him because he's not really a consistent goal scorer. So, really and truly, I don't think we've got that much more space to have all of these people. I just got that one aspect. So, why not let's buy a brute force player that is also a good goal threat in attack? Our attack, because otherwise, when you have too many half players, that's why we have eight players in attack. 
because each of them have a specific skill. What we do is, yeah. it's com- com- like looking for players so with you've got two players that don't do one thing. Right. So not, let's not just get a Dharma who can be the brute force. Let's get a brute force player that actually is a goal threat too, that makes good decisions. If we want a brute force player, let's get a whole brute force player, not just one that is, you know what I'm saying? Like we're Chelsea, we're just, we've just won the Champions League. When you look at a PSG, PSG, they became a rich club after us, but they dared to get an Mbappe who's brute force, but also creative, also a goal scorer. Same with Neymar, etc. So I don't understand why we're still going for these people that are just good at one aspect in attack. Yeah, but, like, that, that, that was my dream signing, but we don't seem to be linked to them. Yeah, so I'm not even saying we can't get, we probably can't get Mbappe, but there are other players out there that we can get that bring more than just one thing. Do you know what I'm saying? Jao Felix pops off shots, plus he's creative, plus he can dribble a little bit. Do you know what I'm saying? Sancho, he's a mean finisher. Very good decision-making, plus he's a dribbler. Do you know what I'm saying? It doesn't have to be Mbappe, but just get me more rounded people. People that aren't just people that run in behind, people that can break down low blocks. That's where I'm at with it. And that's why I don't necessarily like the idea of the 3-4-3, because I think what that's going to do is we're going to get another half attacker, someone that's just like... Yeah. Even oh, so, so you want to move from the formation as well then? Well, I, I'm, I'm fine with staying with it because I, I think we can still buy a central whereby and keep the 3-4-3 three, three and keep Livermento on. But I don't necessarily want to buy a, a right wing back. I don't. Let's keep um, Livermento or a Reese James, do you know what I'm saying? And let's buy an attacker that is more of a 360 attacker. Put, put your money where the real problems are. Yeah. And, try and, and look for problems. And that's, so, what, that's what the Tafas try to do too much. Yeah, and I feel like I'm, I'm happy with the 3 4 3, but get me Livermento, um, right wing back, or do you know what I'm saying? Get me an attacking right wing back, or play Hudson the Doy there rather than, like, especially against the smaller teams. And I've been crying out for that for ages. And then also get me someone up front that makes good decisions because that Man City game killed us. Like, it, it was so difficult for me. I know that we won, but during it, and even other matches during the season, where we've made yeah, Real Madrid... You're, like, just think, you're just thinking, like, when are these chances going to cost us? Like, just having someone that is a bit better in terms of decision-making up there, because Havertz is quite good at it, but he's just one player. Having another other players up there, we will kill teams. We will absolutely kill teams. So, yeah, that's kind of what I want. Um, so, yeah. Um, and then the next... The, the, I think rounding up, talking about lot next season, and just in general... I know you've done some work in it. Um, I'm trying to kind of get into what constitutes a success for Tuchel next season because he's made it difficult for himself already by winning the Champions League so early. How do you top that? Do you know what I'm saying? Exactly. People are already crying out for his blood now. If we didn't win the Champions League, to be fair, it'd, be, it'd probably be more rivals that saying, oh, he was in two finals, lost two finals, just scraped top four. He's not a good manager. He has to go wherever. But what I'm saying is, next season, how do you top this? He probably has to win a Premier League or maybe a Champions League. We're probably not expecting him to top it, but what constitutes success for you next season for Tuchel? There's a couple of things. I guess you've got to look at our most successful seasons in the way that we've played. Mm. So I feel like that, that looking at that kind of stuff, like, making like actual like KPIs in the way that I guess that's probably like a bit of like work works like what like just like see like actual like fit factors of what how we um succeed in the season. Like if you look at our most successful season, we've had like a, an actual score score by 
we can rely on him on goals, but the outcome of that has often been us scoring like a, a good amount of goals, which is so our average our average goals has been about like seventy goals since Roman's come in. Mm-hmm. And if you look at the seasons whereby we've won the league, so we had a, a, a goal scorer, so it's like a one and two guy in like a Frank. Mm-hmm. But the, the seasons whereby we've like actually like blowing people away is when we've had like a player that's actually gonna score go score goals at like a, a like a ridiculous rate, it's like a drug bar in like um mm-hmm. under Ancelotti where he scored twenty nine goals or like a Diego Costa under mm-hmm. under um, Jose and um and um, Conte. So if we're able to score um in and around like seventy to eighty goals. Mm-hmm. That'll be a, a success because that's actually that's an actual improvement of what we've we've done. You know, the last three seasons we scored what fifty eight goals this season, sixty nine last season, sixty three before that. Mm-hmm. So seeing like actual like improvement in the way that we've attacked games, I know it's pretty base rate. Right? So there's, there's obviously going to be a lot of other ways we can look into that in terms of like XG and chance creation. Mm-hmm. Um, so I feel like if we're able to see like an actual like uptake in like the way we're creating chances and like we're we're converting them, that'll be positive to see. In terms of points tally. You know, I would want to be in around 10 points behind whoever's first. I feel like that's that's a good improvement because what this season we were like God knows how many points behind. I didn't even know. Last I season we were like, we're like what 30 points behind Liverpool. It's so far the season, off. The season so before far. that was was so far off. Like well, yeah, I've just checked now. So we were 19 points off City. Mm-hmm. That's ridiculous. That like yeah, we've won the, with the Champions League. That's something to celebrate. I'm happy about that. But in domestic, we have to be challenging. And I'm not expecting that next season. And I do feel like we're going to see a, b- a bit more of a return to normalcy in terms of like, the points. Because if we look at before, Liverpool got like 99, you know, City got 100 and, and like 90 something. Like these are like ridiculous like points tallies. Like mm-hmm. I, I don't think they're that, they're not the norm, if you get what I mean. Yeah. Like we've, we've done 93. Like I feel like that's like what you'd normally see as like, the, the maximum. Like I'm expecting like next season's title winners to be getting around 89 points. So if we're getting 79 points, I'm happy. That's like that's a that's a drastic that's a 12 point improvement. Yeah. That's four points. Like that's that's tangible. You can see that kind of improvement. If we're doing that and we're getting that's like, we're getting like 75, 80 goals, that's tangible. That's that's a that's a big improvement. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of that as well. So not just like the numeric stuff, the actual stuff you're gonna look at, seeing us actually um going at um teams in a more methodical way. Because I do feel like sometimes we don't we don't go at teams enough like the, against like the lower level teams like like a Southampton this season, a Leeds, a Brighton. And I guess that's a lot of that's also going to be down to consistency in who was playing up top in our attack. It's like seeing more um seeing more like intangibles and the fact that we, we were actually like looking more threatening. That'll be an improvement for me, mm-hmm. you know, in, in terms of what, what we see. So yeah, getting getting that in and around 10 points, you know, that like eight that mid 70s, you know, low 80s, that's like a massive improvement. You know, getting the goals in, you know, getting getting a, a function attack, that's like a that's like that's a that's a tangible improvement for me. Yeah. I don't know about you. No, no, you make good points because um the Ancelotti season where we scored all of them goals. A hundred and five goals, ridiculous. hundred and five goals, but we know that a lot of the yeah, time, yeah. most of the time it was Maluda and Nelka, Drogba. Yeah. That, that was that Lampard looked crazy that season as well, though. No, but I'm talking about in terms of front three. Lampard, even yeah, exactly. Consistency in our attack. Yep, yeah, you're right. Consistency right. was there. And then, um, what was the other one you mentioned? The Conte one? Um, Conte season. So, what Pedro, Hazard, and um, Costa. Costa. It was just, it was consistency there. Do you know what I'm saying? It's not like they were the only three players. We had William came in for them. Yeah, Joe Cohen and whoever came up, like maybe it was Kalu and Sturridge came in for Angelotti, but it was the a main three. And I feel like, 
we need to get a main free. Um, and that main free needs to score goals. <laughs> it can't just be a main free. Like Werner could be in the main free. It could be Werner, Mount, and then Havertz. Is that enough goals? Um, but points as well. So, yeah, like to not get sacked. We, we, for some reason, after a big, a big win, we start the season so sloppy. People come back fat. Do you know what I'm saying? I remember Hazard coming back fat, Costa coming back fat after the Conte win. Um, so it does seem like the players, because they're younger, or I don't know, it, it just seems like they won't come back fat. I'm hoping as well. Um, and there's a Euros as well, so and a, and a Copa America, etc. So yeah, that, that's that's a that's a new advantage having an international tournament. I don't know about you, but the best season we saw from Hazard was literally like right after the. Um, the World Cup, and I, yeah. I feel like there probably is like a bit of a, a trend there, you know. Exactly. So, like, because we've won something, we want we still want to come back hungry now. And, like, of- and even then, like, sorry to disturb you, but yeah, I, I do feel like I don't I don't want to half on about, but I feel like a player like Mount, right? I, I know he's not going to come back and take the piss in terms like his yeah. fitness, etc. Like, you know, you know he's going to be mashing work. Reese James as well. Yeah, people were, people were talking about his fitness last season and his concentration. Mm-hmm. Early this season, he was epic before getting injured. Injured, you yeah. know, like he looked, he looked up to scratch. And I do feel like these, these like young guys, like they, they they do take it seriously. If you get what I mean, not not yeah. so that other players don't, but I, I think, feel like we've already seen a bit of like a an uptick in that. Yeah, I think like the profile of our players at this point, we don't have that many. We've got hard trainers. Maybe that's credit to Lampard as well, giving the credit awards. Um, maybe that is credit to Lampard as well because we don't necessarily have. I can't. I'm thinking of players that come back that might come back unfit. To be fair, a lot of people want Sancho. Sancho is one of those players. Sancho is one of those players in the off season that enjoys himself. Now, obviously, there's the Euros now, but he is one of those players, um, and he's obviously not a player for at, uh, our player at the moment. But yeah, like what you were saying, a consistent front three for me is important. A scoring front three, consistent front three. Um, having that striker that you can rely on for goals, whether it's a wide forward or a main striker, that is fundamentally important. But do we go and do we try to buy, you know, 150 million Haaland and have to make it work? It's difficult. But to round it up, um, because we do want to avoid tanking. um, So we haven't, like, won the league on the back, like, you know, twice on the back or whatever, what they call it, back to back. Since Jose, um, that, that was an example of where we won something and then we came back again. Now, obviously, Jose done it. He's the special one. I've been affectionately naming um, two called the special two. Jose came in and he said, uh, I want to win stuff straight away. That's exactly what Tuchel said. I want to win stuff straight away. So are you expecting, because sometimes I've seen it with City, I've seen it with Liverpool, they win one thing and then like dynasty. So, looking forward from what you've seen thus far, are you expecting us to win something big next season? Because Tuchel's put that pressure on himself. He wants to big, win big trophies. Are you expecting that for next season? I'm expecting that, no. For, for me personally, I'd like an FA Cup, you know, something mm-hmm. something secondary, you know, after winning after winning Champions League. You know, just, just getting that winning feeling coming back in. Are you lowering your expectations? I'm not lowering the expectations. I'm just being. I'm trying to be like realistic. I, I don't expect us to like go from averaging in around like high sixties to, to go in and win the league. You know, I, I feel like it's going to be like a really, really, really tough ask. Like, but before that, that like the early season we've ever done that was um after the the Jose tanking season we finished tenth. 
that's mm. the only season we've actually like gone and like jumped as like points tallies. Like we jumped, we, we got forty three more points that we got in that season to win the league. I, I, I hear you, but I, suffer, like, I don't think it's gonna happen, man. I feel like there's a bit too much of a gap between like a City and like a Liverpool. But, but, but if I put this to you, because yeah, there is that gap. But listen, the the Premier League isn't the Champions League. The Premier League is a league format. Champions League mm. tournament format. So. Whatever happened before, even though, look, I think we won all our games in the Champions League, whatever happened before, that doesn't count for shit because it's tournament. What counts is what happens. In the league, yes, if you factor in what happened with Lampard, but don't forget Lampard had like our lowest, I think by the 70th game, he had our lowest points total in the Abramovich era. So Tuchel carried that with him. But we can all see there's a difference between Lampard's Chelsea and Tuchel's Chelsea. So yes, we were however many points behind um, Man City, but that was Lampard's Chelsea too. When it comes mm. to just Tuchel's Chelsea, I think we were second. Uh, I checked the, the last time I checked the form table, it was before. Hey, hey I'm, I'm not doing that touch you now. No, no, I hear you, but let me finish. Let me finish. Let me finish. The last time I, I checked, because I'm not really into the form tables, but last time I checked the form tables, it was before we lost all those games towards the end of the season. But what I'm saying is, Tuchel's Chelsea isn't Lampard's Chelsea. And so we don't necessarily have to make up 50 points. You know what I'm saying? We're a better, we are a better unit, right? On Tuchel. So Tuchel himself has said he's come here to win. Like, uh, part of me thinks one of the reasons why Chelsea have just been top four challengers for the last whatever years is because we've just been happy with, oh yeah, let's finish top four at FA Cup. That's like not really the Chelsea mentality. Mm-hmm. It was more, let us win the title. Now we might not make it, but we'll be second or whatever because the, the aim is to win the title. The pressure was to win the title. Jose put that pressure on himself. Conte, when he came in, he came in and he said, I want to compete with the pep. I'm coming here. And this is why I like Conte, because he's coming back to the Premier League, because he notices all the best managers are circling again. And he wants to prove that he's the best of the best. Now, it's going to be difficult. You've got a wounded pep, because it's weird. It is really weird. But City won the Premier League and... and yeah, we, 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 we threw water on their season, on their hot fire. It season. feels like, they've won two cups, but it feels like we have got had a better season than them. We finished, we just got fourth and we got Champions League and it feels like we've had the best season of anyone in the Premier League. Pep's going to be wounded. Klopp is wounded. They've just snuck into the Champions League. Um, they're not used to this. It's a culture shock for them because they're used to operating at the top of the table, but they're not anymore. Um, so he's going to be wounded. He's going to try and come back stronger. Tuchel slapped Pep's bald head three times. Pep's going to come back strong. Obviously, Conte is going to come in too. He's a competitor in a half. He's going to try and come up strong. So I'm not saying it's easy, but I'm saying that really and truly, if we are going to set the bar too low, then we're going to get bad results. Tuchel, yeah, you know what? You're, you're spitting, man. Yeah, Tuchel himself, he, he like, one of the reasons why I won the Champions League, he said, I've come here to win titles. And he said from the beginning, Premier League's too far this season. Next season, we'll go for it. And he, and he said, the Champions League's not too far. And um, hey, Do you know what the craziest thing is yet? They, they yeah. asked him before the Champions League final, yeah. are you going to win it? And he said, of course. Like, there, there wasn't no hesitation. Yeah. There wasn't, no, um, there, there wasn't, there wasn't no like fake, I'm in Aaron. Like, I'm not yeah. saying that it, it was a prerequisite, but Literally, when you look at the players on the field, it looked like they, it looked like they knew they were gonna win. Right. And it sounds crazy, but it literally the way they played, it looked like they knew. If right. we do our jobs today, we're gonna win, and there's no question about and, it. And I heard on another podcast, Tony Mount, when he was speaking to Mason Mount straight after, he said, um, "How are you feeling about Champions League?" And he goes, "I'm gonna, we're gonna win the Premier League next year." 
So I think that's the right. I think my that's fucking that. amazing. You know hey, good, man. So, that's my guy, man. Yeah, and this is why, like, you need. It's kind of why you need him on the pitch. Like, like when it comes down to it, his mentality is crazy. Like, it's crazy. Um. So yeah. So like, really and truly, as Chelsea fans too, I know like when it comes down to it, if we aim high and then we fall, like Icarus, the story of Icarus, I'm not going to go into mythology or whatever, but people laughed at this guy that dared to fly because he dared, he had bigger ambitions than everybody else, so they laughed at him when he fell, but really and truly, having bigger ambitions is where we need to be. We're Chelsea, we're not Arsenal, and I, that's all I'm saying to you and to the listeners listening. It's okay to say, yeah, let's go for the league next season. Let's uh, that really and truly set out to only be happy with the league next season. It's not saying sack too poor if it, we fail to do it, but let's not like aim too low that's what i'm saying um cool so yeah so we've just done a little before we mix up rather than just talking about the same things everyone else is talking about also bringing what happened in yesteryear um babs um thanks for joining me uh you can catch me and babs yeah we can catch me and babs on the patreon we're doing loads of content there we just released the court of agenda i don't know if you've listened to it yet babs Hey, I've got that ready for me to listen to tomorrow in the gym. Okay. I'm excited. You know, Olu, he loves to kind of have his agenda. Not the kind that a lot of our fans are going to want to hear. So if you guys want to hear that, hey, you know where to head out. If you guys want to head, if you guys want to hear Dan's statistical report on what players he wants to, wants to get, you know, you guys saw that I was answering the questions. But if you want to hear what Dan has to say, check out the Patreon. And if you want to have a little bit of a cheeky extra show, a Saturday show, a Saturday extra podcast, you know what's head up, man. You, you, I, you don't need me to remind you. There's content head over there. to the Patreon. There, there's, there's content there for you. I'm proud of the Patreon because we've got into a really good spot right now. We're getting good feedback. Um, people are joining saying they should have joined earlier. So I'm proud of that. I'm proud of the team. I'm proud of Chelsea. We, 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 we appreciate you guys, man, for joining. Yeah, man. man. So, you guys. so, yeah, um, thanks for listening and we will be back next week. Sports Social Podcast Network.